Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast. What a game. What a ball game. That was uh that was something. <laughs> it really was. I mean, that was that lived up to the hype. Uh we'll, we'll dive in obviously to that game right off the top. Uh, and then we'll just kind of go cowboy game, charger, patriot game. Uh, some NFL owner drama this weekend. Some young quarterback thoughts. Uh, of course, the Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up into those DMs at John Middlecoff is the Instagram Middlecoff mailbag. You guys know the drill. Also, if you could leave a review, Apple iTunes, uh, leave a review helps us with the show. I appreciate everyone that has, and uh, we salute you. You know what's funny about this business is, you know, I I had a great take, I thought, of just the clinic and the partnership that is LaFleur and Rodgers, and the combination is everything you want, this young, dynamic coach, this veteran, superstar, Hall of Fame quarterback on the same wavelength, playing chess, 
it was, I, you know, the game, it, they scored. It was 30 to 21. They were going to go for two to make it a 10-point game or 11-point game or whatever. I don't even know. It was going to be, the game was over. And I had this, I was like, God, this is just, that's football porn. These two guys playing chess. Rodgers forever claimed McCarthy was a meathead, wanted someone as his, on his intellectual level. Then he gets this skinny, good-looking guy who's got this Shanahan McVay background, who's dialing up all these plays, but they still let Rodgers run some of the gun, spread offense, slinging it around, come into the game without his defensive coordinator, without a star wide receiver, without another wide receiver, tight end, hopefully Tanya, knock on wood, didn't tear his knee. Just an incredible performance. And then they turn it over on downs. And I go, are the Packers going to lose this game? But even then, they're backed up at the one. I'm like, no way. Boom, boom. Two passes at the 50-yard line. Kyler's driving him down the field. And I'm thinking, and I was someone, I was going to come to the defense of Arizona. I was like, listen, they're 7-0. and They could go 3-7 and the rest of the season, and they would be 10-7 and and probably still in the playoffs. And more than likely, they're not going to go 3-7. and So even if they went 4-6, and they're an 11-6 and team, and that at minimum is a wild card. Like, that's a playoff team. I, I got to, like, listen, you lose to Aaron Rodgers, not the worst loss, but, like, my takeaway with Arizona is, and this is the reason San Francisco and L.A. have always kind of shoved them around, if you hit them directly in the teeth. When someone is soft at football, a football team, and their identity and their ethos, what you do is you look them right in the mouth and you fucking slug them right in the, right in the teeth. And that's what the Niners did forever with the Green Bay Packers when McCarthy was there with Harbaugh. And they owned them in the playoffs. Two years ago, the Niners shoved it down their throat. Arizona, the Packers were shoving it down their throat. Then they get to the goal line and he throws it a couple times. And then I'm thinking Kyler's going to lead him on the win. And, you know, the last play, like Kyler's a pretty remarkable player. And Aaron Rodgers, like ultimately it doesn't change my take of the LaFleur and Rodgers partnership. It is pretty special. Are you going to call the right play every time? No. Are you going to outthink the room sometime? Yes. Should you be in third and fourth down in gun run situations? And this is where I think like the balance is with Aaron. I think Aaron loves the shotgun. Obviously, LaFleur, his background is under center, slamming the ball. And listen, they do a good job. They did a good job all night long. They had no business winning this game. With no Devontae, no defensive coordinator, like at a huge, huge disadvantage. So I I give the Packers, from a culture win, a ton of credit. Just to come in with the mindset they had to lead the entire game. We ain't losing this bad boy. Short week, on the road, touchdown plus uh, underdog. That's an impressive win. Now, like, I'm sorry, I've been 37 years old. I've been watching professional football now for 30 years. In my memory, for 25 strong. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best players I've ever seen. Like when I was a kid, some older people, some like I, I tweeted this, like grandparents would talk to you about watching Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle or Bill Russell. And, you'd be, and you like couldn't really relate. You're like, yeah, I understand. But it's like, I never watched them. There's no YouTube. Like, are they really that good? You check their baseball reference pages or basketball. You know, it was clear they were all time greats. But when you watch someone's greatness, it's hard to ever tell someone who watched Michael Jordan start to finish that he's not the best uh, basketball player they've ever seen. It's hard to tell someone that watched Jack Nicholas in the 60s and 70s play golf that he's not the best golfer, right? It's hard for someone to say that watched Joe Montana play before Tom Brady. Joe Montana was the best quarterback they've ever seen. 
Like I, I will always say, uh, there's three of them: Brady, Rogers, and Manning. Like that's that's as good as it gets. And they're all different, but and Rogers is clearly the most different of the three. He is fucking remarkable. An absolute, just it's perfection at quarterback. It really is. Uh, and clearly, what's cool now is like even with the long hair, he looks kind of old. But there has as someone, uh, one of my social medias tonight. Someone was like. You know, Aaron Rodgers is one of the two best players to ever to ever throw the football, and he ain't second. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I could argue that. Now, I never saw Marino or Elway in their prime. I've watched YouTubes. They both can sling it. But Aaron is, is football throwing perfection. And when you give him two running backs, and they're two running backs, if Chubb and Hunt, you know, I, to me, that would be the number one running back duo in the league. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are not far behind. A little thunder and lightning. And Aaron Jones is not really just lightning because he can run hard. He will run downhill. That is, you get those two running backs. It is amazing for great quarterbacks what a running game will do for them. In McCarthy's career, they never really ran the ball. They always threw it. And it brought the soft nature, right? And now you get two guys. And, and still, some of their runs out of the gun. Not the biggest fan. But again, that's just, that's my football bias, I, I, I learned football from Pat Hill, pro-style, fullback, running back. Andy Reid, who is a spread-it-out offense, we still always had a fullback, and he ran it, and he would run the ball, run power. So I, I still have a soft spot for a physical downhill running game, and I think it is a little harder to accomplish. Not that you can't be successful, not that you can't score touchdowns, not that you can't run, you know, break big plays out of the gun runs, but I do like putting my quarterback under center. And the Packers had an opportunity, I felt, at the end of the game to put it out of reach, put them under center, get A.J. Dillon in there and run it down their throat. And they didn't. And they, they got by, you know, they got pretty lucky. They, they, got, they got pretty lucky. Now, listen, I, I'm not going to diminish the Cardinals' uh, accomplishment being 7-0, or now they're 7-1, but they have been fantastic. They have a ton of good players, even though, and listen, I got to kind of take the L on the J.J. Watt. I was like, you're going to give him $22 million guaranteed for a guy that can't stay healthy? And then the first seven games, he was freaking awesome. He was everywhere. He clearly brought leadership that they desperately needed. And here's the problem. Game eight, rips his entire shoulder out, off out for the season. So it's like, it's a hard one for me. Like, I, I understand what they did, but then what happened to him? And you can say it's a freak deal, but he always gets injured. Now, they value high football character because, look, they trade for Zach Ertz. What was clear tonight was Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz has played in a ton of big boy games. Played in Philadelphia his entire career on several playoff teams, on a Super Bowl team, caught a game winner in the Super Bowl, used to play in New York, Washington. I mean, it's a it's a vicious division. Not as much now, but when he was younger, right? And the games matter. They're on, he's played in a ton of primetime games. And you saw, he's a primetime player. He's a big time player. Steve Kimes a good GM. My one question with them is, and he is a remarkable talent. He is unlike anything I think we've ever seen, right? I mean, Michael Vick kind of played similar, but Michael was bigger and Michael was small. Kyler is tiny. You notice the last two years, right around now, late October, early November, he starts kind of limping at the end of the games because he is getting throttled by NFL defenders. Even if it's just a couple times during the game, getting slammed on the ground by guys 250, 275, 300 pounds, you just, it takes a wear and tear on a little guy. I've been lucky enough to be on the sideline and be at games and watch Russell Wilson warm up. The guy's built like a tank. 
I've seen Kyler, you know, up close. He's small. He's built small. So his talent, his his throwing ability is high caliber NFL. It's Pro Bowl level. But the body size and the stamina that's needed now for 17 games is just going to be difficult. And you saw tonight, he's limping off the field. He's tough. But can his body hold up? Now, they're going to make the playoffs, right? Obviously, the Packers are winning the division. But Arizona now 7-1, and you know, they have nine games left. If they went three and six in those games, they'd be 10-7. and And hell, that might get you a wild card. So they're going to cruise to the playoffs. My guess would be they're 11 or 12 wins. But they are kind of soft. And, you know, when, when you hit them directly, you know, right in the chin, right in the teeth, that, that, that messes them up a little bit. And historically, it does with softer teams. When you take on a, a softer football team, a spread football team, you can shove them around a little bit. And to me, ultimately, that's going to be their downfall. Now, tonight was a freak deal. Uh, they didn't deserve to win the game, but they had a shot. And there's no deserving in pro sports. You either win or you lose. And the Packers won it. Hat tip to Matt LaFleur. Hat tip to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, just a fantastic performance. <laughs> Okay, I wanted to uh, begin with uh, the owners' meetings. And listen, for the most part, I don't put much stock because I've never been. We don't, there's not like a camera in there. What is going on at the owners' meetings? But this one was pretty interesting. They had the meetings, I, I think in New York City, and then immediately an article comes out from Seth Wickersham, who just wrote the Brady Belichick craft book, which I plan on reading a.k.a. listening to. I've already have it downloaded on my phone. Uh, so look forward to, to listening to that in the near future. Also got McConaughey's book on there. I've heard that is a fantastic listen. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to dive into that thing. Wickersham has written some just, you know, polarizing is the wrong word, but needle-moving pieces about teams, ownership over the years. And this one came out. There's a lot going on. St. Louis is suing the league. The email scandal... Mark Davis is pissed off about Gruden and the, the, all these variables coming. And I got to thinking, and I've said this for a while, the NFL is just the ultimate television show. All of their games right now are the most watched products on television. And I rewatched The Sopranos recently. Uh, it's, you know, it's a little outdated just in the sense he's still using payphones sometimes. And some of the cars that Tony drives, you know, from the late 90s, it, just, it is what it is. But the reason that show is so powerful, the characters are incredible. I, in my personal opinion, Tony Soprano is the greatest TV character in the history of television, at least in my lifetime. Maybe some people that watch shows in the 80s, 70s might disagree. But for me, I don't think he can be topped. And, and to me, he's like the equivalent in the NFL would be like Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, all mixed into one. But the key with a good television show, you have to have a lot of good characters, Succession right now is crushing it because they have like seven or eight characters that you're interested in. And the thing about football, it's not just the quarterbacks that are stars, right? The coaches are stars. The owners are stars. We have so many characters. Same thing with the Sopranos. They had Tony. They had his wife. They had Chrissy. They had Chrissy's wife. I mean, they had Paulie. They had so many. And then they would bring in new characters. They had Uncle Junior. They were just, you were interested in what they were doing. And the owners, you would say, who really cares about the owners? But for whatever reason, we are fascinated. And let's face it, in American culture, we're fascinated by rich people. 
and the ultra wealthy, which the NFL owners now in terms of wealth are like American royalty because of the values of the franchise. But then when there's drama involved, it's just like a natural reality television show. And this Washington football, uh, you know, email scandal will not go away. And now it's interwoven into another team that had to fire his coach. And then Mark Davis, who is, while he's in the country club of the NFL, clearly he thinks they're out to get him and doesn't really give a shit because he's like, yeah, I'd like to see it public. And they're not going to do that. Roger Goodell says they've seen enough. And the only guy that got collateral damage was Gruden. Nothing happened to, uh, to Dan Snyder. I love it when it's like, oh, a million dollar fine and two million dollar fine. Money's all relative. If if you're worth a hundred grand and I fine you seven dollars, you don't care. But if you're worth a hundred grand and I fine you fifty grand, you'd be hot. If you're worth five billion dollars and I fine you two million dollars, who gives a shit? But if I fine you $150 million, that'll rattle some cages. And the main part of Seth Wickersham's story wasn't even about any of that. It was about Kroenke, who built the palace. And let's face it, in California, the building costs and the zoning restrictions and dealing with the local government is outrageous. It's it just, it, it, it makes you, if I had hair, I'd want to pull it all out. My brother's doing a remodel. It, it's such a pain in the ass. And it's so expensive. He spent $6 billion to build the palace. But he didn't just build you know, a a stadium that, let's face it, I haven't been there yet, but on television, it looks awesome. He also took Dean Spanos, who had nowhere to go. He gave him a home and he charged him a dollar rent. Oh, and by the way, he put the NFL network in the building, right? I I think there's like an expansion on the side. The NFL network is also where the, the Rams and Chargers play. Well, when he made the move, he signed this thing called an indemnification. I, I'd never heard that. I, I'm not a lawyer. I've never been in one of these big, big business deals. But I guess when you sign something like this, it absolves all your other partners from potential uh, damages or having to pay for any litigation. So he said if there was any litigation from St. Louis, he would cover it. And then it turns out that they aren't just suing him. They're probably going to win and the fee could be potentially over a billion dollars. And now he's saying, I'm ripping that up. I'm breaking this agreement. And you guys have to help me. And all the owners are furious. But listen, I am not one to like pound the table and try to defend Stan Kroenke. I don't know the guy. I do admire his business, uh, just everything he's accomplished. Like it can't really be disputed. He also married a Walton, Walmart. You know, they got a lot of money. What he pulled off in Los Angeles is commendable because he had to pay for it. And let's face it, a lot of these stadiums that are being paid for all over the country in all these sports it gets funded by the government. It happened to it happened to Mark Davis with the Raiders. The casinos are paying for that thing. That's not how it works in California. You have to pay for it all, and it's really expensive. He paid for the whole fucking thing. And all these owners are now pissed because he wants help fighting this lawsuit. I kind of side with him. I understand. Like he made he's the only guy in one of the parts in that document, or not the document, but the article from Wickersham that was saying that, well, we could have sent the Raiders and the Chargers. You mean two of the cash poor teams in the league? in the area that cost the most to build and to operate in, they couldn't have afforded it. It would have been a disaster for the league. So you had to choose Kroenke. You chose him for a reason, his bank account. And now he wants help. Now, I don't know all the details. I always say about St. Louis, like they got their team stolen. Yeah, well, they they stole the team. And listen, I'm a LA hater. I hate the Lakers, hate the Dodgers, indifferent on the Rams and the Chargers. But like the, the, the Rams, they were LA's team. St. Louis stole them. And then they came back. 
So they're obviously contracts and the way everything's written. I, I haven't dove into that. I don't even know. I don't even care. But it sure feels like the league and, and the Rams are going to lose this lawsuit. And it's going to be very, very expensive for the NFL. And Stan wants these other owners to help him pay. And it doesn't feel like they're on board. But the ultimate reality is we're just kind of like, what's going on? It's just craziness. It adds to the reality show of the league because the, the players and coaches are enough to move the needle. But then when you add in the owner drama of a Gruden getting fired, the Raiders owner being pissed, him chirping at Roger, Roger and Stan Kroenke being met, you know, it's just, it's incredible television. You cannot make this this up. I say it all the time. I'm very lucky to to talk about sports and pro sports for a living. Like, I, I don't take that for granted. But I also know that, like, this run of the NFL's greatness it has been on, like, a decade-plus long of just dominance running circles around the other leagues, and it's going to head on to this next decade. It's not going to last forever, because nothing does. Things are always, you know, cyclical and fickle. Things go up and they go down. Who knows? Like, anyone that has a younger child that's listening to this knows... Do you know what kids watch now? Whenever I'm around like my cousin with younger kids or friends with younger kids, they watch people playing video games on YouTube. You know, when I was a kid, I watched sports on television. They don't do that anymore. So hell, this could end one day. But right now, this show in the peak of its powers, and I'm very, very entertained. The NFL season is approaching the halfway point and FanDuel Sportsbook has a little something different to offer the Sunday night matchup between the Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. Because FanDuel is giving new customers 25 to 1 odds on any touchdown scored in the game. That means you can end the NFL Sunday right by winning $125 on a $5 bet. Here's who I'd bet on scoring. I'd go with Justin Jefferson or CeeDee Lamb. I would say either one of those guys is a lock. Let me repeat, a lock to score a touchdown. And like FanDuel said, a $5 bet wins you $125. Where I come from, that's basically free money. FanDuel sports betting made simple, and they're always hooking you up with great offers. Plus, when you win, you'll get paid in little as two hours. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just sign up with the promo code COLIN this week before Sunday Night Matchup. You could win $125 on a $5 bet. Remember, use promo code COLIN so they remember we sent you exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over, present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia. New users only, $10 first deposit required. Must wager a designated offer market. Max bonus $125. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or next step to 533-42-ARIZONA. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Minnesota Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. 
That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Let's dive into some football. I would say the biggest game, there are several big games. This is actually this weekend relative to last weekend is dramatically better. But let's start with the Cowboys who forever, 
They just get talked about the most. And the reason they do, people are always like, why do people talk about the Cowboys? Same reason people talk about the Yankees. Same people talk about the thing about the Lakers. We're in the business of talking about the most important stuff. If we talked about the Jags all the time, if we talked about the Minnesota Twins all the time, if we talked about the Orlando Magic all the time, you know, people like me would go out of business. So you talk about the Cowboys for a reason. And a lot of times, like even I found it unis- uninteresting for years. But now they're good. Like legitimately good. Right, I mean, we've all watched them. Their offense is dynamic. They have this Diggs guy that's just picking off a ball a game. Their defensive line looks good. Like they are competing to be the number one overall seat, and they're a polarizing brand. Right, they're like Facebook right now. If you ask anyone about Facebook, everyone has an opinion. They hate it. They love it. They use it. They claim they don't use it. Here's the reality: we've seen the numbers. You're all on it, including myself. Now, I would tell you I don't use it that often, but I probably use it more than anyone that I would admit to. Right, I, I probably scroll through it every day. That's you know I, I'm guilty of that. Not proud of that, but it's just a reality. Like when I see a Cowboys headline, I'm kind of drawn in when they're good, and right now they are legitimately good. But this weekend, Dak. Anytime that you have an injury and then you get a bye week and you're still injured after that bye week, especially when they say after the injury, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Don't worry about it. And then the bye week and you're limited in practice, like that's a concern for me. It, it really, I see, I saw it with Trey Lance last week. He got injured and then all of a sudden the bye week is like everything's going to be fine. And then he couldn't practice all week. You're like, that's something to keep an eye on. And let's face it, the Cowboys are going to go as far. Dax played like a top five quarterback in the NFL this year. So if he's going to be healthy, they have a chance to win the NFC. I don't think that's that crazy. The Bucs, them, the Rams, the Cardinals, like there's a short list of teams, the Packers, in this mix. They are one of them. It can't be denied. The division is irrelevant. They're going to win that division probably by the middle of November. But in terms of they're chasing to beat the top teams, to try to get the top seed. And going on the road Sunday night football against Minnesota, which is a frisky team. Like, you can't deny that Minnesota's offense is really good. I've been historically kind of a Cousins hater. I've come around. He, he's a solid player. They're off. I mean, Jefferson's a star. Thielen's a stud. Their running game's really good. I can't wait to watch this game. And if Dallas goes in there and wins this game, like, I, I think we need to really start talking about them as competing to be the number one overall seed. And I, I don't think it's outrageous, especially when you factor in the games they get to play in their division, which are easy W's. So they get way more easy, like even Tampa this weekend. Tampa, who is favored on the road against the Saints, the Saints are still way better than anything the NFC East has to roll out. Look at the Packers, the Bears, Lions, and we'll see this Minnesota team, which is probably friskier than uh, you know than, than anything Dallas has to mess with. So Dallas just gets an easy six games of the year. If you can win some of these out-of-divisional games, especially inside the conference, I, I think they have a legitimate chance to be the number one seed, which is insanity. Who would have ever said that? And listen, I've talked a lot of shit about Mike McCarthy. Still not totally clear what he does, right? Doesn't call the offense. Uh, obviously, he's not a great time management guy. Knows nothing about defense, as we saw last year. But I can't dispute it. Like He's the head coach, and their team's good. But if, if Dak is anywhere close to 100%, you know, this this game, Cowboys, man, keep an eye out. Uh, Pats. Belichick hates the Jets. <laughs> like, I, I, I've tried to throw pettiness away from my life. I remember Coward um, wrote in his first book, Shameless Plug, I think it was called like You Heard Me, that holding a grudge is like chain-smoking hate. It's one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. And listen... I could hold a grudge, have vendettas, 
be petty with the best of them. I've really tried to shake that in my life because I'm someone that can bottle up anger. And then all of a sudden I'll just be like doing something and I'll be thinking about it. I'm like, why am I bringing these negative thoughts in my head? Who gives a shit about this guy that slided me seven years ago? My life's good. Like I, I, I have no complaints. Why am I worried about that? Some people thrive on that. I have found that I don't uh, operate well when I'm angry. You know, focused is different than angry. Some people operate well angry. I've known some. I'm sure anyone listening. Some of you operate well angry. Operating, trying to like destroy whoever you think kind of screwed you. That, that's not the best way I found that I operate. Belichick thrives on that. He hates the Jets, despises the Jets, and he tries to just piss on their grave every time he plays them. And he just did it last week. He was throwing up way late. He is just, he has embarrassed Zach Wilson this year, and he's embarrassed that franchise. And I don't think as long as he's the head coach of the New England Patriots, he will stop doing that. He also did that last year against the Chargers. If you remember, that was the game. I forget the final score. It was like 48 to 45 to three. It was an absolute bludgeoning. And it kind of ended Anthony Lynn. Like it was like, okay, Anthony Lynn. And and the Pats were not good, right? Offensively, Cam Newton was a disaster. They were missing all the guys on defense. They were just, they were a very, very average at best seven and nine team. Also, ironically, the Chargers somehow finished seven and nine. Even though the way we talked about the Chargers last year, we, we acted as what they won like three or four games, but they actually won seven. This is a sweet test. You know, the Pats, it's hard to say they got their mojo back because, again, the Jets stink. But they did just get a big win. They've been playing pretty well now for a while. I, I think they've actually played pretty well this season, uh, even in some of their losses, right, against Dallas, against Tampa. Uh, they're just not as good, and I think a huge reason for that is Mack ain't Tom. So when they need some big spots, when they need to get a first down like they did against... Uh, Against Dallas in overtime on third and five, Mac overthrows it, or him and his wide receiver aren't on the same page. Like that's just not happening with Tom. So it's subtle, subtle, uh, you know, things that are causing the Pats to be three and four instead of you know five and two. But that's the reality of starting a rookie quarterback going on the road against the Chargers, which I think on paper are one of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, they have easily one of the better young players in the league in Herbert. Like this is a big test. He's got to play this guy before. He got to see what it's like to get your ass kicked by Belichick. Can he bounce back? And listen, Brandon Staley is a guy that everyone kind of anointed as this great young coach. He has all these great sound bites that resonate with the media and get retweeted. And, and listen, I, I think he's an impressive guy. I, I do. I'm not some. I'm not trying to hate on him, but he, he clearly is loved by the media. And when you're loved by the media, they just, they're quick to anoint you. Even though the moment you suck, they'll beat you down very fast. But this is a big test for him. You know, his team is better than New England. I would say dramatically. If you gave Belichick the the Chargers and you gave Brandon Staley the Patriots, this would be like a seven-point line. This You would expect the Chargers to destroy the Pats. But I don't think we do. Uh, I'm not saying I would bet on the Patriots, Patriots in this spot, but I could see this game being a little closer than uh, than it looks like on paper. Uh, now the, the, the Trump card kind of always is anytime you have a rookie quarterback, he is liable to have a bad game at any moment. It's just human nature. You know, Peyton Manning had him, uh, Mahomes, I guess I was going to say like Mahomes and Brady, but those guys didn't even start as rookies. But the point is like anytime you have a young quarterback, but definitely a rookie quarterback, it can get ugly. Now, maybe not Zach Wilson ugly, but you're liable to have a game where you throw a couple picks. Uh, in a big spot, in a tight game. I mean, it happened to Mac Jones against the Cowboys when when Diggs 
when he threw that pick six. But th- th- this is this is an excellent game on paper. I, I I wrote down just some guys, some young quarterbacks, and we talked about it earlier in the week. Now listen, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a stronger arm, and that doesn't you know guarantee you to be a great player just because you have a big arm. But for the most part, like when you look at all the top young players, they all have good arms, right? Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, even Lamar, above average arm. I wouldn't say Lamar has a hose, but it's definitely, he has a powerful, powerful arm. Um, You know, you think about the older quarterbacks, Brady, big arm, Rodgers, big arm. Uh, You know, Roethlisberger, who's a Hall of Fame player forever, had a big time arm. I, I, I lean that way. And I think when you see a lot of the younger players that are kind of in question around the league, they have questionable arms. And this week, some of them are going into some spots that if I was their general manager, if I was in the scouting department, if I was the owner, like this is kind of, I wouldn't say put up or shut up time, but this is a big evaluation. Because a guy like Jalen Hurts, who I think is playing himself out of the starting job in Philly, they trade Flacco this week to the Jets, which... Why didn't you do that in the offseason? Gardner Minshew is just going to gain some momentum. People are going to start saying, well, why don't they just play Minshew? Hell, I I would start him this week. But clearly, they named Jalen the starter. They were just going to give him some time. If you go to Detroit and you lose to the Lions, hell, even if you win and you don't play well against the Lions, what's if I'm Howie and I'm Sirianni, I think it's time. I think Jalen has a lot on the line this week. For just as fast as he became the starter, let's face it, somewhat out of nowhere last year. Not out of nowhere in the sense that Wentz deserved to get benched, but I don't think when when he was drafted in the second round, anyone thought Jalen Hurts was going to be the starter, right? And then by the end of the year, he started five games. And then obviously, once you trade Wentz, it was clear he was going to be the guy. But he was going to be the guy. He didn't have a $100 million contract. He wasn't drafted in the top 10. You know, he was the starting quarterback, but I would say he was on shaky ground. He had to prove himself. And it's gotten really shaky. He has not played well. He just can't make basic throws. He's looked pretty terrible. And I think any Eagles fan or anyone that's watched him play, if you're a Raider fan, you go, God, he's not very good. And that can happen. Young quarterbacks can go through tough stretches. But when you play the Lions, like you better play well. Because if you don't, there is no point in starting him anymore. And I think on the flip side, they are stuck financially with Jared Goff for two years. But... Are you just going to go, is Dan Campbell, an old school, hard ass, tough guy, just going to go game in, game out for 30, I guess 34 games now because the extra game with Jared Goff? I kind of find that hard to believe because Dan Campbell, a tough guy, uh, an overachiever, I I have a hard time thinking that he's just, they're going to lose a bunch of games no matter what, but just keep Jared Goff in the game. Now, maybe it's as simple as ownership. They're paying him all that money. Let him just direct the ship down to the bottom of the ocean. But I, I, I could see Dan Campbell snapping. I mean, he basically did a couple weeks ago. Uh, they pulled out all the stops last week with a fake punt, with a with an onside kick, which was well executed. I, I love a good onside kick execution when no one sees it coming. You know, when you, when you try to do the onside kick, you know, kind of, uh, I guess it would be horizontally, like at the, uh, at the sideline, what, what would you say the percentage is that it's even close? Five percent of the time, it's even a a, a chance for the uh, for your team to, you know, recover it. But when you do the one where you run and everyone's in their normal positions, but you barely tap it, 
and everyone's going back and then you're able to fall on it. That's one of the cooler plays in sports. It really, it's the best special teams fake. Like the fake punt is awesome, but it's pretty easy to execute if no one's covering the guy. The fake on, or not the fake, but the onside kick when no one expects it and it's just a straightaway little dribbler is an incredible play to watch and it is really, really impressive to execute. And from a coaching staff standpoint, it takes balls, takes some cojones. Sam Darnold. Tua put up a big stat line last week against the Falcons because let's face it, everyone does. The Falcons defense hasn't been good since like the Dirty Birds. Uh, They're just a terrible defense. You can throw on them. You should be able to throw for 350 yards. I don't care that Christian McCaffrey has a bad hamstring. If your career as a top five quarterback, like if you're drafting the top five, and the only time that you can be an above average player is when you have Christian McCaffrey, it's kind of an indictment on you. And and listen, I, I thought uh, Christian McCaffrey is one of my greatest whiffs as a talking head. I, I thought he was going to be like Julian Edelman. I'm like, you know, I think he'll end up playing slot receiver and just be really, he's a star. He is a, he's an elite player when healthy. He gets banged up, but when he's healthy, he's an elite. He would help anyone out. You gave him to Brady, you gave him to Rodgers. Like he's a big time weapon. But like I can take a weapon away from Rodgers. I can take a weapon away from Brady. I can take a weapon away from Mahomes. And they can still make plays even if they lose a game. Sam Darnold can't even make plays anymore. So you're playing the Falcons, whose secondary and just defense is just not good. So if you can't, one, you got to win this game if you're Carolina. And two, you're you're in bed with Sam Darnold because you picked up his fifth-year option. He's not going anywhere. But you have a disaster on your hands if you have a game where he just throws for 200 yards, a couple picks against this team, and the Falcons beat you. If you're not better than the Falcons, like, let's face it, the Falcons are not 1-6. and six. I, I, They're 3-3. Three and three. They're actually better than even, I, I think, most people realize. But Sam Darnold kind of has a lot on the line to kind of prove in his career, and it got off to a fast start. I mean, he's tumbling downhill right now. It, it is, And I'm someone who defended him. I'm someone who said, I don't understand why more front offices aren't interested in him. Maybe that's why uh, you know they work in the NFL still, and I you know talk about football on a podcast because I, I would have been all over Sam Darnold, and currently he's a disaster. And then Tua goes to Buffalo. I haven't checked the weather report in Buffalo, but you know, come late October, it's not going to be you know sunny and warm. What are they doing? Like, are are they just Monday or Tuesday going to trade for Deshaun Watson? I know Tua had some comments this week that he doesn't feel uncomfortable, that he's cool with everything that's going on. I don't know how you could be. Like, it's pretty clear that these are not made-up stories. People are saying this because it's real. From the owner, from the general manager, and how could you blame him? Of course you'd want Deshaun Watson over Tua. But I've been saying this for a while now. They invested the fifth overall pick. The amount of capital that equals for an NFL team is, is very, very high. Very, very high. They would do anything. Let me repeat. They would do anything for Tua to just be good. Not great. Not Herbert. Not Lamar. Not Allen. Just good. Just be like, you know, you got a good quarterback. Because I, I think most people do not feel that way. Myself included. So you go to Buffalo, a divisional rival. You have nothing to play for. Your season's basically over. The Eagles have their pick. I mean, that pick gets better and better by the week. If I'm Jeffrey Lurie and Howie, I'm licking my lips. Wait, they're going to Buffalo? That's another another L for them. Are they just going to get blown out? Is he just going to look terrible? Because he threw a bad pick against the Falcons. Is he going to throw a couple bad picks against these guys? Are the Buffalo Bills just going to kick the shit out of them? Which I think we all kind of expect because that's what it would look like on paper. 
But is this guy ever just going to be like, no more? Go out and just have a big game. Throw for three or four touchdowns and get a big upset. You'd be like, okay, everyone just take a deep breath. Maybe he's not as terrible as we all think. And because, again, it's all relative. He's clearly like an NFL player. But when you're drafted really high, that, that pick brings a value on you as a player. Like, you can be an average solid starter if you're a fourth-round pick. Right, the reason Dak was such an incredible story in Russell Wilson because they were third and fourth round picks. But when you're Joe Burrow, anything less than being a star is a letdown. It's why we're so hard on Baker Mayfield. You're the number one overall pick in the draft. Lamar, the story, he was the 32nd pick. Josh Rosen, the reason he's such a polarizing, talked about as one of the biggest busts, he was the 10th overall pick. This guy was the fifth pick, and then you throw on top of that, Herbert was the next guy taken off the board. So I, I'm just fascinated to see how this looks. Does he have one of those games where it's like, hey, 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 guys, I can fucking play. Watch this. I'm gonna go beat Buffalo. I don't think he does, but he better, or else by the time we wake up Monday morning, Deshaun Watson might be traded to the uh, to the Miami Dolphins. And then my favorite game of the week, uh, Mike Tomlin gave it uh, just an incredible rant. I, I love in talking earlier about the NFL being a reality show. One thing that the sports have always had are just great rants from coaches. We got that when I was a kid. We got that in baseball all the time. Tommy Lasorda, Hal McRae. We just had great outbursts. Now these managers would never think of doing that. One, they don't make any money. Two, they're terrified of their GM getting rid of them. So they just keep quiet. They're like a middle management. They're like, whatever you want me to do. But when I was a kid, the, some of the best rants were guys flipping over tables and throwing shit. I remember uh, Ditka with the Saints gave a pretty good one, and he gave great ones with the Bears. Still happens every once in a while in football. Uh, though, like, I know Tomlin was pissed off that they asked him and they didn't ask Andy Reid and Sean Payton. My one pushback would be, well, Carson Palmer said your name, Mike, to Dan Patrick. If Carson Palmer had said Sean Payton, Sean Payton would have been asked about it. He, he would have. Harbaugh, John Harbaugh was brought up for the USC job, I think, six years ago. He was asked about it. So it's... I would get being really mad if they're like, hey, Mike, are you interested in the Texas Tech job? It is the USC job, though I agree with them. The Pittsburgh Steelers job is in a completely different world than USC, but Mike Tomlin is the ultimate rally the troops guy. Mike Tomlin is the ultimate when he talks. I'm like, God damn, this guy's a badass. How many people, if you're listening to this, you're probably a big football fan, text you that rant and went like, Tomlin badass. I know I sent that to like three people. That was my, I I would forward the tweet and I would just say, Tomlin, badass. This guy is a badass. That's what we all think. Because that's kind of been his MO as a coach. Tough guy, great speeches, rally the troops and get people ready to go into battle. Well, the Browns are somewhat limping. They got a lot of injuries. They have some issues. Now, as of recording this, the last I saw, Baker Mayfield has been practicing this week. He practiced on Wednesday, but clearly the labrum, he's got issues. And you could argue what is even the difference between him and Case Keenum. If the, if he's healthy, Baker Mayfield's a better player than Case Keenum. But relative to their scheme, I don't know if it makes that big a difference. Can Baker Mayfield, even injured, outplay an old has-been? And that's kind of what Ben is, an old has-been. And I'm not saying that to kind of be a dick. He just is. He's an all-time great player, one of my favorite players ever to watch. He's nowhere near that. He's 39 years old with a bunch of injuries. It's He can't really move anymore. It's understandable, right? It, it happened to Joe DiMaggio was once a has-been, right? Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Michael Jordan. Like I mean, it's it's 
It's the nature of playing professional athletics. Your body ages and you can't do what you used to be able to do. Can Baker Mayfield and the Browns outplay these guys? I love them from a gambling standpoint. But this is a pretty big game for the Browns, right? They are not just some shoo-in to make the playoffs. I looked at their last one, two, three. Their last six games of the season are very, very difficult. Let me read this off to you. At the Ravens, then they get a bye. So they have a late bye. Then they get the Ravens again. They play the Ravens two times in three weeks. Then they finish with this. Raiders, at Packers, at Steelers, Bengals. Ravens, Ravens, Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. Like, they better take advantage. Like, this is a game, even that it's a home game. So even if you split with the Steelers, you should win your home game. I think, this, I like the Steelers to go in and win this game. And and I'm someone who thinks Ben's closer to wash than he is still solid. But I just think this is an all-time Tomlin, throw the kitchen sink, rally the boys, Play some defense. You're not just going to run it down our throat with some guy that was in the AAF a couple years ago. I saw after uh, the Thursday night game last week, De- uh, Dearness Johnson, I think his name was. I-, I even forget. A lot of people on like Friday were coming out with screenshots. He was DMing people in the AAF just to get a tryout a couple years ago. So I, I love. I-, I have nothing but admiration for people with the mindset of being relentless to get an opportunity. The guy's a solid player. And running back is the one position where obviously Nick Chubb is better than this guy, but you can find some random player and he can run for 100 yards. It's it's a tried and true formula that happens every single year. It's happened basically my entire adult life. Random players come out of nowhere and play. But it's going to be a little harder versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Denver Broncos defense was in shambles, and it is in shambles. Den- the Broncos are in shambles. I just think the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, and you win this game, I think we have to start saying, are the Browns going to miss the playoffs? Like, are the Browns and the Bengals going to flip-flop? And honestly, moving forward, are, are we sure that the Bengals aren't just going to be better than the Browns for the next several years? Now, Zach is having his first success as a head coach. So it's hard for me just to be like, definitively, I would take Stefanski over Zach Taylor. But I have a longer resume. Stefanski is an offensive coordinator taking over the Browns. I would just take Stefanski. I, I might be wrong on that. But the Browns are the better head coach. But from a quarterback standpoint, we'd all agree it's not even close. So they have the better quarterback. And they have, you know, offensively, it's probably not that much different. They got Jamar Chase. You got Jarvis Landry. Obviously, Jamar Chase should be way better than Jarvis Landry. Uh, you got Chubb and Hunt, who are both banged up. They got Mixon and P. Ryan, who's basically Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops' backfield. So it's not even that crazy. And if defensively... Their record's just already better. They're already 5-2. and two. Then this week, they play the Jets. All of a sudden, they're 6-2. and two. All of a sudden, you look at the Bengals. They can get to 10 or 11 wins. Like I said, the finish for the Browns just gets very, very difficult. And then the Steelers, you win this game, you're 4-3. and three. They went from dead to all of a sudden, like, could the Steelers make the playoffs? And Mike Tomlin, then he won't be coaching at USC. Because I think it's pretty clear. Video that went viral yesterday. It sure feels like James Franklin is going to go to USC. Which, uh, I... Someone tweeted at me the other day that he thought they Penn State plays Ohio State this week because they just lost that 50 overtime game to Illinois, which is very weird to see an eight overtime game and the score be 18 to 18 because the new rules, a lot of people didn't know the new rules. Like you start going for two point conversions in the third overtime. Well, even if you score, you don't get six points. They only give you two, and then they missed a bunch of two-point conversions, so there wasn't much scoring. Everyone's like, this is the longest game ever. The game actually wasn't that long because usually in college football overtime, 
If there are four or five overtimes, well, if you guys are both scoring, you start at the 25 so you can get multiple first downs. The game can last a little longer. When you just run each run one play, it's pretty rapid fire, you know? So it's it got a little overblown how long the game took. There just were a lot of uh, two-point conversion opportunities. I have a hard time, you know, James Franklin just lost to Illinois. To Illinois. I, I, I think... Like, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. You know, Penn State, he's a solid coach. He's done a good job there. He's won 11 games, I think, three different times. But I would not put him in the upper echelon of coaches. I have a hard time of ever seeing him having, like, a Dabo-type run, doing what they're doing at Ohio State. You could put him anywhere. I I just don't see that. I think he's a really solid coach, and he can overachieve at Vanderbilt, get them to nine wins. That's impressive. He can go to Penn State, get them to 11 wins. That's impressive. But I would just be careful about USC hiring him. I really will. Can he recruit? Yes. He can recruit. But name me a good coach that can't recruit. Like, I mean, it's, he can recruit. Uh, this isn't 1978. Like, yeah, every so can Saban, so can Dabo, so can Ryan Day, so can Mario Cristobal, so can Lincoln Riley, so can Kirby Smart. You know, it's like, yeah, recruiting is part of college football. It's part of the business. It's like uh, telling me a defensive coordinator in the pros can't scheme. Well, it's like, well, then fire him. You know, it's like it's part of the job. It's part of, you know, it's part of the reason you get paid seven, eight million dollars. But it sure feels like it wouldn't even be uh I I think it's a possibility that this game against Ohio State is James Franklin's last game. That I don't know if he's if he just quits or resigns and then he just becomes the USC coach after they lose by like fifty points. Because I don't know if you've noticed anyone that's Ohio State fan has, they look awesome right now. CJ Stroud has been fantastic. Their wide receivers are elite. I mean, elite. It, it wouldn't shock me if you look up. Penn State's offense isn't that great. All of a sudden, you know, at halftime, it's 35 to 7 or something. And the final score is 55 to 10. And then maybe he, I don't know how it would work out. I don't even know why USC would be so like, uh, so dead set on getting him after he lost to Illinois and then blown out by Ohio State. But it, it sure does feel like it's trending that way. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, Roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, 
every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, middle cop mailbag. That's what time it is. So let's do it. Hey, John. Thanks for keeping it real. How many receivers in the league are actually better than Cooper Cup? And who are they? Two. If you had to form a team of 22 identical human beings to play football against a regular NFL team, who would you clone best chance at victory? Second one, that's pretty hard because I don't, you couldn't pick a, how would you pick an offensive lineman? They couldn't cover, right? And I don't, you couldn't pick a defensive end. I, you, I don't know, maybe pick a linebacker, like a 240-pound linebacker. That, that's an impossible. No matter who you pick, you're getting destroyed. Destroyed. Uh, I, I guess I would probably go with like, uh, I don't even know. There's no right answer. If I said like Roquan Smith, you'd be like, well, how's Roquan Smith going to block a defensive tackle? He's not. How's Roquan Smith going to you know, cover a wide receiver? He's not. How's Roquan Smith going to throw? I'd be like, Trent Williams. Well, how's Trent Williams going to play safety? If I say Devontae Adams, you're like, well, how's Devontae Adams going to rush the passer? So it's, I, maybe I just go Justin Tucker. <laughs> go Justin Tucker. Uh, Cooper Cup, I'd say uh, Devontae Adams is better. I would say uh, 
Justin Jefferson is better. I would say, you know, I I, I would take Keenan Allen over. Uh, yeah, I mean he's really good. I mean it's a it's a short list of guys, right? Jamar Chase is coming. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's he's an elite player. He's really good. And honestly, maybe I'm discounting him. Fellow West Coast native, I follow Pac-12 fairly closely. I'm an Oregon State alum. Go Beavs. I'm going to the game Saturday. Oregon State, Cal. <laughs> it's not exactly, you know, Alabama, Georgia, but Oregon State's 5-2. and two. My buddy, Derek Ray, he's basically the GM for Oregon State. Jonathan Smith, big-time up-and-coming coach. They might be 6-2 and two if they win. They're one of the better uh, programs out here. Looking forward. Uh, he left me a couple tickets. I said... I denied them a couple years ago because they weren't very good. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to give up my college football Saturday to drive to Berkeley and watch two crappy teams. But you guys are good this year. I, I enjoy watching them play. I follow them really closely. I'm like, I'm in. You better kick their ass. So I, I'm excited for the game. Probably my first sporting event in a while. I don't think I've been to one in a couple years. Not that I wouldn't go. I just, I just haven't been. I'm not expecting the Pac-12 to ever rival the SEC, but what steps could the school's conference take to be more competitive nationwide? I think it's pretty simple. You got to buy good coaches. Like, it's it's not... People gave Larry Scott a lot of shit, and deservedly so. Larry Scott was a former tennis Ivy League elitist. I, I, I when, when it comes to Power 5 schools, if you are not a football-centric person, get the fuck out of here. That pays all the bills, you know? It's like, that. that is... That's the business, football. It's like running Wells Fargo and not being into banking. It's like, this is what we're doing here, Larry. Stop worrying about women's soccer, men's baseball. Football is the most important thing. But Larry did not hire the coaches. And there were a ton of coaches in the Pac-12 who weren't very good. And hell, I don't think their coaching is that great right now. He can't recruit for USC. He can't recruit for Chip Kelly. They need to hire better coaches. Right, They need more Chris Petersons and Pete Carrolls and what Chip was at Oregon. Like Chip's going to get fired. So UCLA, USC are going to have openings. Arizona is 0-12. Is Jed Fish any good? I don't know. Carl Durrell, he sucks. Uh, Whittingham, legit. So they got Whittingham. He's really good. David Shaw, I like David a lot. But Stanford is not what it was. And let's face it, it they were never going to be able to sustain it for a decade. Right? It's, it's probably over. And Stanford is never, you know, the Pac-12 is never going to rely on Stanford. They need Oregon to be good, and they are. So props to Mario. They need Washington and Washington State to be good. They need USC and UCLA to be good. They need one of the Arizona schools to be good. That's just, I mean, Herm's okay, but Herm Edwards, one of your better coaches? Herm Edwards? I I think it comes down to hiring the right coaches. And to hire the right coaches costs a lot of money. You know a running back coach in the SEC makes like $500,000? You know what offensive coordinator in the SEC can make over a million dollars? You got to start, the SEC treats, and the Big Ten treats football like the NFL. How much does it cost to get uh, an assistant recruiting coordinator? A hundred grand? Okay, here's the money. Same with Oklahoma and Texas. That's why they're going to the SEC. Money talks, shit walks. The Pac-12 is too consumed. And listen, I got no problem being consumed with academics. I'm not an academic guy, even though I got a couple degrees. I'm a football guy. And I just think football's not as big of a priority on the West Coast. I mean, it is at Oregon. Uh, it used to be at USC. It's not at UCLA. Never has been. Not at Cal. Never has been. It's just not. You know, I think Washington, they kind of butt heads there, try to make it. It is at Utah because of Kyle. 
you are what your priorities are, right? If you want to be a good boyfriend, you'll be a good boyfriend. You'll think about her. You'll get her flowers. You'll do shit for her. You'll take her on dates. She'll feel wanted, right? If you don't want to be a good boyfriend, you won't be a good boyfriend. If you want to be a good sales guy, you'll be a good sales guy. You'll be relentless in your sales, right? You'll never stop. You'll net. You'll wear everyone out for business. If you want to be a half-ass sales guy, you'll be a half-ass sales guy. You know what the SEC wants? They want to kick the shit out of every conference in football. And they put their money where their mouth is. Same with the Big Ten. And that's why both of them dominate at football. The Pac-12 doesn't care. And under Larry Scott's leadership, they, they valued other sports. They were into, you know, just having every sport being equal. They ain't equal, champ. Football pays for everything. The football coach at the school literally pays for the entire athletic department. Beside like five schools where basketball chips in. I even heard John Calipari, I remember a couple years ago, it was after a big Kentucky football win. And I think John Calipari was doing an interview later the next week. And he said, listen, I want Kentucky football to be the best possible football program. Because the better they are, the better it is for us. He understood it. Like, football has to be king. And it's just not anymore. It makes me sad. It's honestly why I gravitate toward the SEC. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, because they care about football like we care about football. I wish the Pac-12 did. They did once upon a time when I was a kid. USC did with Pete Carroll. Oregon Oregon does. Uh, but I, I just question some of the other schools. True, true care. They, 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 they're obsessed with academics. And that's their prerogative. That's fine. Like, they're just not, like, Ohio State football, that comes first. It just does. And it always will. So that's a long-winded way of saying I think we're in trouble. <laughs> My question is getting... Big fan of the pod. My question involves getting into football as a profession. I'm a recent college grad working a nine to five, but my real passion has always been the game. Seems like a pipe dream at this point due to lack of experience, but what would you recommend at someone like me who desperately wants to make a game a profession? More so on the coaching player development side than media. Willing to work for free. I would say do not have the mindset it's a pipe dream. Uh, And I'm not Tony Robbins here, but I've... Heard enough of his, you know, speeches from guys like that. The moment you start conditioning your mindset of this is unattainable, this is unattainable, you won't attain it. I, I, I mean, shit. When I left Cal Poly, the, the I'd never been to an NFL game, let alone know someone in the NFL. Uh, and uh, you know, two years later, I worked in the NFL. Today, I was texting with a couple GMs in the NFL, some questions. So I, I don't think you can think like that. And uh, I, I think the key is if you want to coach. Go to high school or go to a local college and see if you can help out. See if you can volunteer. See if you can do something. It's possible. If you're willing to work for free at the beginning, uh, you might be able to get a foot in the door. You know, it just, you got to be just relentless and bug the shit out of someone like you're a sales guy. You got to be a sales guy and you're selling yourself and do whatever it takes to sell that guy. So whether it's the high school is a pretty th- easy thing to get involved with a program, but if you live by a college, and want to help in recruiting. You just want to help somehow. You know, any, 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 you know, whether it's Division One, AA, Division Two, just to get your foot in the door. It's possible. It is. So just I, that, that's always my recommendation. And, but in fairness, that's how I did it. I went to college, then to the NFL. Now, maybe you don't end up going to the NFL or want to go to the NFL. Maybe college is cool. So, I mean, you just going right to college would have been fine. Like if I, I could have stayed in college. I just aspired to get to the NFL. Not because looking back, it was more because I like business. I like money. 
And I love the money involved in football. I know there's a lot of money involved in uh, in college sports, but you also like the athletic department have to pretend women's soccer and and men's soccer. And it's just like, I, you know, I just football, the money, the margins, the revenue, that's paying. Yeah, I want to pay $100 million to get a quarterback. Okay, I, I want Devontae Adams. Give him $80 million. I love that. You know, I like buying things. And I like, you know, controlling things. And, then, you know, in college football, it's just, I, I just, I not that it was dirty because I love college football, but there was just a pure business aspect to the NFL that college just doesn't have. Maybe it's a little like that now with the NIL. But when I was there, it just felt like the women's softball coach was always complaining that we got iPads and she did. It was like, oh, my God. Now, they don't have to deal with that at LSU or Ohio State. But at Fresno, it was like, this is ridiculous. I felt awful for Coach Hill because it was, I mean, it was it was embarrassing. I'm a Bears fan who has always been a naggy supporter and believer in his time here with the Bears. I know Pace has failed to build a line for four to five years. And now, ironically, the one year we graded well on the offensive line, Nagy had success in 2018. Lately, everything seems hopeless for our franchise as we historically bat on offense and we have no first round pick in next year's draft. If we lose to your Niners this week, do you think we start trading away guys for picks at the deadline? Well, I don't think you can trade Khalil. I know he's injured, but like his contract is so big. I would say Allen Robinson would have like shit. I would tell Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch if they win this game, go trade for Allen Robinson. But I bet a lot of teams want Allen Robinson. I, I would trade to Allen Robinson. I guess you're keeping Roquan no matter what, keeping Fields no matter what. Eddie Jackson, maybe. Has Eddie Jackson even been that good since Fangio left? Hot take. No, he hasn't. Uh, you know, Ryan Pace. Listen, I Nagy, you say whatever you want. I'm biased on this one. Um, and I'll be honest, I haven't even watched that much Bears this year. But Ryan Pace is terrible. I mean, he's a god-awful GM. I mean, the one mistake Matt Nagy made is hitching his wagon to Ryan Pace the last couple of years. Like, Ryan's just not good. He, he's just not. I mean, he's just a below-average general manager. Uh, simple point blank end of story. You know, I, I've seen Matt Nagy win football games. Now, has he had some offensive struggles being an offensive guy? Yeah. But he ain't picking the players, right? What Parcells say? You want me to cook dinner? Let me pick the groceries? You know, it's it's if I if I went shopping for Emerald Agassi, you know, it might not be as easy to make his meal, right? If you let Emerald shop for the meal, his meal is going to taste a lot better. I'm not saying Nagy's Emerald Agassi. But I don't think he's bad as everyone's making him out to be. And I think Ryan Pace is atrocious as a general manager. I mean, he got to draft multiple quarterbacks in the top 12. When does that ever happen? I'm a Saints fan. Enjoyed Cam Jordan in the past. But can you talk about how he's literally just stealing money on his contract at this point? One sack on the year on Geno Smith was a covered sack. The guy can't create anything on his own anymore. I heard a stat today that the Saints are one of the... Uh, they get the least. They get. They're one of the teams that gets the least amount of pressure in the league. I, I think sometimes it's hard. You know, is Cam anywhere near what he was four or five years ago? Of course not. But I would imagine he brings a tangible value to the team. Now I'd have to bring up his contract. You know, there's a balance. Like, okay, he's the best leader we got, but at 19 million dollars, is it worth it? You know, it's, he's making. I mean, he's made a lot of money. Chandler Jones has been in the league, or Chandler, or excuse me, not Chandler, Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan, 
I guess Cam Jordan hasn't made as much money as I thought. He's made $42 million. He's making $14 million this year. He's not going anywhere. He's 32. God, he's old. Cal Bear. God, Jeff Tedford could recruit. You know, he really could. Jeff Tedford. Cam Jordan, Aaron Rodgers, Keenan Allen, Alex Mack, Mitchell Schwartz. That guy. That guy drafted a lot of good players. You know, Michael Kendricks. Um, you know, Jeff Tedford knew what he was doing. I, there's nothing you can do. Like, Cam Jordan's on your team. I mean, I, I don't know what... He's just... Yeah, is he not the same? Yeah. <laughs> you know, are you stuck with him? Maybe at least next year, too? I Just looking at his contract? Probably. So you just... You got to get leadership. That's the key. Leadership. Pass rush. It's part of the deal with getting old, right? You know, the thing with football, if it was the like Cam Jordan equivalent in the NBA, he could still be a solid player. Cam Jordan equivalent in professional baseball, he could still be a good player. 32, 10 years, defensive line, and he's like the hybrid kind of tackle end. He's just a lot of wear and tear on his body, man. Look at J.J. Watt. Think of the injuries that guy's had the last three or four years. Your body, you just take a pounding in there. And it just, it's you're like it's like the running back equivalent. It just wears you out. Okay, last question. Been listening to content since the Fox Sports Radio days and love the pot. I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, and this season has been disappointing to say the least. You used to work for Andy Reid, and in your opinion, do you think he can right the ship and get to the playoffs as a wild card? Uh, thanks, and keep on crushing. Well... Let's pull up all our Chiefs schedule. They got played Monday Night Football. So they play the Giants this week. I'm going to say they win that game. So they would be four and four. Then they go on a pretty tough stretch. At four and four, they have this is a we're going to learn. We'll know about them going into Thanksgiving. So they'll be four and four. Then they play the Packers, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. If they can win two of those three games and be five and four, I think they have a chance. If they lose two or three of those, they're probably going to miss the playoffs. And the Raiders and and Chargers probably going to make it from the division. So I'm assuming they're going to win the Giants. I think that's fair to assume. I would guess, I mean, I don't know. They're what? ESPN ticker have the, with the spread, it's a nine points, nine and a half point spread. I mean, they're a big favorite. So then they just got to beat the Packers, Raiders, and uh, Packers, Raiders, and Cowboys. That's a fun stretch if you're a Chiefs fan. Like, if you win all three of those games, all of a sudden you're 7-4, and four, you're feeling good. You lose two or three, they'd be in some trouble because their defense isn't good enough to rattle off four or five straight wins. So you just, they've already put themselves behind the eight ball. I think the way you look at it, you go, we got an elite coach and we got an elite quarterback. Anytime you have an elite coach, an elite quarterback, you saw on Thursday Night Football, you can win a game. It's just that simple. You can win a road game. You can win a short week game. You can win games. So you got a chance. When you say a huge part of life, it's just just give me a chance, right? Just 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 give me one date. See if you like me. That's all I'm asking for is just a date, right? Just just give me a chance. And that's what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes provide. Uh, have a good weekend. Adios. Tell your friends. And uh, see you next week. Peace. The Volume.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.